here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den Podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPC Den Podcast, your home for all things Amazon advertising. Tips, tricks, strategies to make your Amazon advertising easier and more profitable. Today, I'm joined by my dear friend, the incredibly talented Destiny Wachon from Better AMS. Destiny, welcome back to the show. You're currently buffering hard. Okay, now yes. you're back. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're back now. I, I was What's like, up? you completely paused for a second, but I think yes. we're good to go now. So yes, thank you so much t- for having me. <laughs> yes, I was in the middle of singing your praises. Talented leader of Better AMS, uh, welcome back to the show. Excited to be here, as always. One of my favorite podcasts, as you know. Come on. Uh, you, you recently <laughs> launched your own podcast. I did. It's great. Um, better Advertising with Better AMS. We're trying to take a little bit of a different direction with it right now and just bring on a lot of the people we respect on the brand side of the space and just mm. hear what made their brand successful. Because um, it's quite a bit different per brand, in all honesty. For sure. Totally different, totally different experience. That's good. That's really cool. Uh, I've checked it out. People should check it out. Oh, thank you so much. People know how to find it. Your link is in the show notes. Um, Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm also super pumped because I think we're going to the same conference in New York, Amazon Unboxed in October, which is great because we actually haven't met in person yet. We have not, so we'll have to take a picture so everyone knows how tall we are. Whoa. Relative to each other. That's an important topic. What do you think my height is? 6'3". Whoa. <laughs> I am 6'1". Oh, it's close. Although I never... I haven't measured myself. Like I don't think you change very much, but I feel like you I shrink. might actually be... I might actually be six foot but I've been lying my whole life telling people I'm six one. It gotta get the extra inch. Gotta get right over the six foot mark. This um, is the news the people are waiting on. So we will follow up with that report after Unboxed. <laughs> yes, we're live from Unboxed. We've got the tape measure and Michael is in fact 5'11". Um, anyway, we've got some cool stuff to talk about today. Yeah. One thing, it, it's a very interesting report from amazon uh i think it's something to be aware of and it's like pretty light it's it's like a very simple thing drop your head around this uh, this episode isn't gonna you know be too mentally taxing it's just like a really simple thing and that is click validation click fraud on amazon invalid clicks bot clicks what are all these things doesn't have any of your clients ever mentioned to you like hey, what's stopping my competitors from clicking on my ads? 
Is that, have you ever been asked that question? A hundred percent. Um, without going into the weeds on the uh, philosophy behind this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A ton of people, a ton of people tend to think that when their conversion rate's really low on some of their top keywords, it's a lot easier to blame your competitors or click farms or Chinese sellers that comes up all the time. Um, so this is something that I would say is not new in this space. I think it's really, really easy to assume that there is some form of fraud going on due to Amazon's history. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, it makes sense. Like it's a pay per click platform. Um, so the, you know, it, it's, it's easy to think like, oh, like what's stopping my, from what's stopping my competitor from searching and clicking and then not buying, um, click karma. And- Click karma is a thing. Click karma. Yeah. I've never heard this phrase. As a, as a brand manager, have you ever scrolled your top keywords and been like accidentally clicked on a sponsored ad? Cause it's going to come back and you're going to lose that a cost somewhere. Click karma. Uh, I try not to click on sponsored ads cause I don't want other people to click on mine unless right. they're buying. Yeah. I, it's, it's a little stressful. <laughs> it, it's stressful to me when I search on Amazon for like something for myself to buy. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wait, should I click on this or not? I know um, if I click on it, it probably improves their performance, but they're yes. paying for that click. Who am I trying to? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I actually, since we're talking about this new report, uh, traffic validation and whatnot, it's actually pretty interesting because many moons ago when I was doing Google ads, they didn't have like this conversion aspect to their like quality score ad rank mm-hmm. algorithm. So like yep. if you were to search and click on an ad, like Google doesn't look at like conversion rate metrics because they're not, that's not how they're assessing yeah. the performance. They only do pure click through rate. Mm-hmm. So it was always like, well, if a competitor is clicking on my ad on Google ads, they're actually way reducing my CPC there because like my quality score will go up. I'll get a quality yeah. score discount because I'm, I'm telling Google that like people love clicking on this ad. Yeah. My quality score will go up. My CPC will go down. So it was actually like, hey, if competitors want to click on my ads and like, you know, make me spend a hundred bucks, I'm going to actually save that through quality score. On Amazon, I think it's a little bit more intimidating because if you get a lot of clicks and no orders, that's actually like probably a negative signal yeah. being sent to Amazon. Yeah. So... This is like a, this is a real, it's, it's a concern, right? Like there's, there's like more bots on the internet than there are humans. So the idea of like people creating bots to click on your ads is a scary thought. So I think Amazon is addressing this with a new report. uh, And that report is the gross and invalid click metrics report. Um, so yeah, this is a little bit of news, something to be aware of. Uh, it's for sponsored products, sponsored brands, and sponsored display. Uh, Amazon says it provides transparency into the nature of the traffic on their campaigns. So IVT, invalid traffic. Um, so let's walk through what this report looks like. Uh, do you have a copy of the report on your end? Um, we've got start date, end date, like anything else. We've got campaign name. And then we have these three four metrics for impressions and clicks. We've got gross impressions, impressions, invalid impressions, and invalid impression rate. So quick observations here. Gross, I'm looking at a sample campaign. Gross impressions, uh, let me add the comma so I know what number this is. Uh, But gross impressions, one million. 
Impressions, 640,000. Invalid impressions, 431,000 impressions. So like when you have 431 plus 641, you get a million impressions. So we've got gross impressions, uh, invalid impressions, and invalid impression rate. So Amazon's saying that for this campaign, 40% of impressions were actually invalid. what comes to mind when you like see this ratio? And this is sort of down the line. I'm seeing campaigns with like 40%, 80% yep. invalid, 70, 30. So like the number is not small for invalid impression rate. I would say that there's two things that come to mind. One, it means Amazon's doing its job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yep. means that Amazon is tracking and making sure to prevent unnecessary spend from being added to your campaigns. I think that's like first and foremost. And I think that's actually the reason Amazon's releasing this report. I have a feeling this report is gonna be misconstrued and people are actually going to use it against Amazon. And we're gonna see things in the space like, look how terrible 45% of my impressions are fraud. Amazon's not doing its job. It's letting invalid traffic on the page. And how do we know that there's not more? Like that typically tends to be the response, very scarcity mindset, but I think it says Amazon's doing its job. It's segmenting. Um, everything looks a lot cleaner now that we kind of know these numbers. But the secondary thing, and I'll kind of like tee this up for you because you gave me a lot of insights around this topic, is that there is so much invalid traffic on the internet and that there's so many different bots and so many different things that are scraping Amazon that are causing more invalid impressions. Uh, it's not like what I'm going to hate to see is the moment this is going to be released, people are going to be screenshotting and saying 40% of my traffic is coming from a Chinese competitor attacking my listing. And that's just not realistic. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's more than likely the tools you're using and you know, all of these external providers that are scraping Amazon that are causing fake gross impressions. Uh, But I would love to hear your insights. Yeah. Right. I, I would imagine most like a lot of the bot traffic on Amazon, like these invalid impressions uh, are due to like all the tools that we're all using that are like going to Amazon and like scraping search results and then displaying those back to us. Like every tool that does a reverse ASIN lookup, just imagine the amount of work that goes into doing that. Like you have your product, uh, you type in an ASIN, just one ASIN, and then it has to go and like find what keywords it thinks are relevant based off that page itself. So it has to scan the page and then it needs to go make searches for all of those things. It needs to like find out if it's indexed for those terms. So there might be like thousands and thousands of search terms that it's indexing or or like checking the index status uh, on like page one, page two, page three, like so on and so forth. So the tools that we all use and love that like give us this like view of the industry is like where a lot of these bots come from. So like most traffic on the internet is bot stuff. What's up? Question. So you're saying that the majority of the tools we use aren't pulling first party data? Right. You know, <laughs> I think like uh, like brand analytics and like brand metrics and like all of this stuff and like product opportunity explorer, which we search query. On, yeah, yeah. All, for sure. Search query performance dashboard. All of those things are relatively new. So like yep. for there is like a 99% chance that if you're looking at any tool, giving you search volume estimates, uh, giving you ranking estimates, giving you reverse ASIN data, all of those things are going to be basically like scraped, meaning like a bot is created. It goes and scans Amazon and it's like 
reading it just like a human would, basically saying like, hey, is this ranked over here? Let me go report that. So that's relatively easy to detect. Like um, Amazon is like a huge tech company. Uh, They know the difference between a human searching and a bot searching. And that's why the invalid impression rate is so high. So like this seems pretty right. Like um, most traffic on the internet is a bot. Uh, I actually, I'm Googling this right now. Percentage of traffic (laughs) on internet that is a bot. No comment. Yeah, 42% uh, according to lightreading.com. So 42%. And guess what? We just said that this campaign's invalid impression rate was 40%. And I'm like looking down the line here. It seems to be about 40%. Sometimes it dips to 27% or dips up to 90. Well, that was only 10 impressions. Uh, But yeah, it looks like a pretty consistent 40%. So yeah, they're basically just telling you, hey, we've already identified that 40% of bot traffic and we filtered it out for you. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so that's the invalid impression rate. Uh, we also have metrics on clicks, which same thing. How many total clicks, gross clicks, and then how many clicks, invalid clicks, and invalid click rate. Uh, this is a lot lower uh, for sure. So that same campaign yeah. that have 40% invalid impression rate only has 8% invalid clicks. Um, but, you know, my first take on that is like, of course it does. Because like a lot of these yeah. scrapers don't actually need to click on the product. <laughs> Uh, you actually don't need to click on it. Yeah. Um, so again, Amazon's recognizing this and they're telling you like, hey, we've already filtered it out. That's basically this report. It's just yep. Amazon's way of saying like, hey, in case you've been wondering, we've already been identifying this stuff and we've already been filtering it out for you. And now we're going to give you some insight on it. This actually, yep. this report is identical to a report that Google Ads gives and has given for like a decade, which is like, Hey, we already know that invalid clicks exist. You know, we've already filtered it out, giving you the discount. Uh, Google actually tells you, like, they actually like go and discount you because like they'll charge you for the click right away, but then they'll go back and they'll actually tell you like, hey, we're giving you this much money back, um, which is pretty interesting. That be that might also be cool to see here too. Uh, Amazon isn't one hundred percent clear if you just don't get charged for this right away or if they're like giving you some kind of small yeah. discount. Um, but yeah, that's how. There's a lot of, so if you've ever used a ranking tool or reverse ASIN lookup tool, that's a bot scouring Amazon, giving you Intel. So yeah, so that is the invalid click report. I do have one wish. So if you go to like Google, I was like searching before the show, Google ads, Google has a whole page, Google ad traffic quality, and they Mm -hmm. basically explain where all invalid clicks come from. And it's actually pretty cool, like invalid user activity. So like they know when there's abnormal behavior, like if a competitor is searching your thing, like clicking on it 10 times, that's very abnormal. Like most people don't do that. They automatically flag those. Uh, accidental clicks. Let's say somebody clicks, you know, two times in a second. Accidentally, they filter that out. Ad hiding is another thing they say. So ad hiding is when ads are placed in ways that make them impossible to see under normal circumstances. Some examples are ads tucked under iframes, hidden behind content, hidden behind other ads, invisible HTML containers, or ads that are displayed but too small (laughs) to be seen, aka pixel stuffing. So this refers to display ads, uh, botnets, clickjacking, falsely reported inventory. That's where like a display site says they have placement for an ad, but they actually don't. So Google goes into a lot more detail than Amazon has for yeah. why this stuff exists, but 
it's pretty cool. I have uh, one more wish for Amazon. Google actually lets you block IP addresses from seeing your ads. Um, and you can actually go in and, and like see like, oh, like I want to block this IP address or you enter your own IP address and say, I don't want this IP address to trigger my ads, which is sick. And you can also block entire ranges of IP addresses. Um, and this is, I'm really going off the deep end here with the nerd talk, but like IP addresses are like phone numbers or zip codes. So you can like say like, you know, here in Austin, the area code is 512. So I could like theoretically like block every IP that has like that kind of like area code to it using a wildcard. Anyway, I'll stop, I'll stop geeking out on IP blocking, but I'd love to see it in Amazon too. In general, I would not be surprised. Well, I feel like there's two directions Amazon can go with search. They can take a, you know, approach, I would say probably more similar to Facebook and more AI and Mm. preventing people from making more granular customized adjustments to their ads, or they can go in the exact opposite direction and giving people more control. So, you know, even just geo-targeting, things like that can be really, really powerful. Now it is a pay-per-click model. I will always defend a pay-per-click model when people are like, oh, you know, day partying or if I'm selling snow, like I will get that a lot. If I'm selling snow shovels, I don't want to serve California with an ad. I'm like, well, they're probably not clicking on your ad in California Mm -hmm. unless they actually need a snow shovel. Yeah. So that makes it a lot more difficult, I guess. But I think that there is a lot of opportunity to open up even more control on the search side and to give us some of those variables with IP and, you know, just having more fun. Um, we get it on yes. the display side. Big time. Really get it on the search side. I don't know. Yeah, like being able to differentiate. Like, imagine you're selling like a, you know, a shopping cart that people in New York take to the supermarket that wouldn't be relevant for somebody who lives in the suburbs to do it. Yeah. Um, Geo targeting will be so valuable, right? Like, I want to go. I want to bid more over there. So fingers crossed. I love, you know, Google Ads has had way longer to mature and like they have great geotargeting they have like negative yeah. targets so like you can go in and say i don't want to target this state country city state you know zip yeah. code um so yeah hopefully that happens too um but that's the invalid click report so i guess final question on it is final thoughts on this report you know how will you interact with this report do you think in my opinion, I, I don't think there's a lot of action items. I could see smaller sellers going in and pausing campaigns. That's mm. a little bit of a fear because they give it on the campaign level. So I could see someone being like, oh, 60% of my traffic for this campaign is fraudulent. Pause mm. it. But at the end of the day, like they're, they're, Amazon's already doing the work for you. Mm-hmm. They're just wanting to show you that they're doing the work. I think that is the sole purpose of this report yeah. is for Amazon to be like, see? We are preventing click fraud, whether or not you believe it, it's here. Um, I would not recommend taking any actionable steps at this point in time. Agree. Yeah. I wouldn't use this as a thing to be like, let me pause this campaign. It's yeah. They're, they're definitely just saying like, Hey, we're on top of it. You can sleep easy on it. Yeah. So that's the invalid click report. You know, when new stuff comes out, we like to talk about it. And this was a new thing that came out this week. Uh, we just saw it in an account, uh, for the first time this week. Uh, shout out to Clement from the team for pointing this out. He was the first one to see it on our, on our squad. Um, you also had another interesting topic that you wanted to touch on. What was that topic? Yeah, I actually think it's kind of a good segue here. So 
as we know, Amazon comes up with like millions of new things and you really, oh, yeah. it's not easy to keep up with all of it. And I think back to when you and I started, there's a whole different environment, whole different game. And I'm always, I cannot imagine starting now. How do you know what to focus on? There's so many oh, shiny man. objects, so many different things. So like the thing I was curious to hear more from you is just how you got started, how you learned and like when you hit that inflection point of like, Hey, I know my stuff. Now I can focus on all the new shiny objects and mm. just a general question. I've been curious. Yeah, big time. You know, I gave a presentation somewhere one time and I started out the presentation by sharing a quote. Oh, what was the quote? It was like some motivational quote. <laughs> and this quote was attributed to like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and Taylor Swift. And the reason I, I like brought that up in the beginning, it's like it's very easy for, for like, it's very hard to find out the fundamentals of something. It's like very hard to like grasp this, like the best way to do something. Um, the segue from that quote to what I was getting at is lost on me now. So <laughs> cut, cut that. Fundamentals. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so, something, it was something about like, it's, it's hard to find like the true source of whatever's going to work for you right now. And I feel like, when I first started in digital marketing, I was doing a lot of like, I was looking for hacks. I was like looking for like the shortcut. I was looking for like, please just tell me one thing to do to like make my life easier. This was like a long time ago where, yep. and I was doing like, you know, building landing pages and like running PPC ads on Google and Facebook. And I was like looking for like the quick hack, like what's the one hack to like transform my Facebook ads or what's the one yeah. hack to like transform Google yeah. ads or something like that. Or like, what's the one little hack that I can put on a landing page that will like boost its conversion rate a bajillion percent. And I was doing that without fundamentals. I was doing that without like, well, what are the components of a good landing page? Or like, yeah. what are the components of a good pay-per-click campaign? Or like, what are the components of a good yep. audience-based campaign? And once I started to sort of like map those things out, in a really like simple, clear way. Like, okay, those are the components of a landing page. And then like, oh, now I can see where like the little hack fits in. So for, so for me, it yeah. was like strategy techniques, strategy techniques. So like what is the overarching strategy behind something as yeah. opposed to just give me all the techniques. Cause like techniques without context, it's like, uh, you know, trying to, float a ship that like only has like bits and pieces of it as opposed to like the, the hull yeah of the thing yeah i think it's pretty interesting you know seeing the space evolve the top 10 percent of us agencies that are you know putting out a lot of content you of course joe shellerud we put out a lot of content we're all posting the same content with kind of our own style and our own twist. I, you know, like Joe's really, really analytical. Um, you post a great, great content of bridging that gap between like how to make something really applicable. Mm. Um, I typically kind of focus on the fundamentals. All three of us there, we're doing the same thing. And it's funny cause like in order to scale an agency, you have to be good at what you're doing, Amazon advertising, but you also have to be a marketer. So I think it's so easy to be caught up in like all the shiny objects. You post this content, you're gonna get a ton of views and a ton of clicks, but at the end of the day it is. It's bid management, budget distribution, mm -hmm. 
and campaign setup. Like those are the three core focuses, but no one's going to work with our agency because we're good at those three things. That's not what people want to hear. They want to hear all the new fun stuff, even though it like only makes up five to 10%. So it's always interesting how we balance both. You know, we're going to be reporting on the new stuff that people need to hear. But as an agency, we're built on those three fundamentals. And it takes a long time to get those fundamentals down. Mm -hmm. I mean, within two years of starting Amazon advertising, I was managing for Playtex and Playtex Baby, which is one of, at the time, was the number one selling product in the baby category. So I think I had like $10 million worth of spend. And I think back to then, and I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing. Like it just takes so many different brands, so many different categories, products, launches, life cycles to really mm. start understanding Amazon ads. Yeah. You know, I think a, I'll go into the past in a second, but I think one thing that just happened to me this week, I was coaching someone on PPC and they're like, their campaign structure was a mess. Um, way too many products, different products in the same ad group, too many ad groups per campaign, like budget limited and mixing match types, mis- yeah. mixing mm, strategies inside a single campaign, like really messy. Right. And he's like, he tried to fix it by like searching for like a campaign structure download and like, just, just somebody please tell me what a good campaign structure is. Yeah. And he found a campaign structure that like only works for some situations. And in this particular case, it was a clothing, which I think is one of the hardest uh, yeah. campaign structures to nail down. So it was a clothing yep. company trying to follow campaign structure for like, you know, a private label company that has like five ASINs. And this yep. person has, you know, 12 ASINs, 12 SKUs per like it's you know different sizes different color variations all competing for the same keyword and i spent the first like three weeks just talking about um campaign structure fundamentals like why do you why is campaign structure important well you don't want different things sharing the same budget you don't want different things sharing that are going to perform differently sharing the same keywords or same things sharing the same placement bid settings uh, like all of those fundamentals, like we spent a lot of time on that. And then once we did that, it's like, oh, like when you build a campaign structure where all the fundamentals are met, like that's my campaign structure. Yep. Um, and it's going to be different for me than if I, you know, sell five products that never compete yep. for the same keywords. So like spending time on those fundamentals, I think is why people have like a strong understandings of PPC as yep. opposed to like just looking for like, you know, and it's tough. Like it's super tough to like be able to discern that, which is why I think my best recommendation for people to get good at PPC is to go to abadger.com slash podcast, start at episode <laughs> one and 200 episodes later, you will be a pro. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. yeah, like it's impossible to, yeah, that's like 200 episodes in. We're still talking about new stuff. Yep. It's really tricky. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot to process. So I think like, you know, 10, 10 years ago or so, I was super lucky. I was doing Google ads and I had a client that was like, hey, I want to sell on Amazon <laughs> too. Uh, so like, I mean, Amazon was still pretty big 10 years ago, but like yeah. it wasn't like as hot as it was now. And I just got that early exposure and I was able to like yeah. compare and contrast like, oh, like Google ads does this. Facebook ads does that. Amazon's yeah. different in this way. And yeah. like, building that mental model of like how Amazon behaves, how different ad channels 
are similar and different and like building up definitions of like, oh, dynamic bidding, up and down yep. only, uh, top product yep. placement. Like top of search product placement is very identical to Google Ads has like you can bid differently on mobile desktop tablet. I was like, oh, okay. Like I already had a framework to work with that. So like, I don't think you need to like start on one channel and go to the other channel, but like building up those frameworks so that like, oh, sponsor brands also has placement settings. Okay. Like like, how is it different than sponsor product placement settings? How's it similar? How can I use this? You know, all of those things, the fundamentals, it's all about fundies. All about fundies, <laughs> even for us. Yeah. Even all, every agency. Like I, I'm probably more concerned with like agencies that are strictly posting like the buzzwordy things in order to like gain traction. Cause like you have to have both. It's just that content's not fun. Like that's, it's not fun for Michael and I to talk about tacos on every single episode we've done in the last year. Yeah. But we hit on that stuff because that's what matters the most. I would say, a little bit of a bold statement, but I would say there's not a single rollout in the last 12 months that is game-changing to your advertising performance. I mean game-changing, I mean like, hey, this ad rollout is going to completely change your performance. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what matters the most is still sponsor products, bid management. Like, mm-hmm. those two things are what's going to drive the 80-20. And if you're a well-established brand, all the new things that Michael and I are talking about are definitely going to make up 20 or 30% more market share. They can improve your efficiencies and your performance. And once you're spending millions of dollars, that stuff matters. But the fundamentals still have not changed regardless of platform, regardless of ad type. And I think that's really key to kind of remember as you are getting immersed in content. I mean, we live in the digital era where education is everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can Google, you can go to tick, you can learn Amazon ads on TikTok. So it's like, are you on TikTok yet? I am not. Well, as a is, are, are you, is, yeah. Is your professional <laughs> world on, uh, I haven't transport. I, I do got, have a TikTok. Yeah. I have a TikTok account personally. Yes. Don't try to find it. Yes. <laughs> but, um, I have a TikTok account personally. I haven't created one for like, I've gotten the feedback like, that I should. Yeah. But I think I'm, I'd have so much fun with it. I just don't have enough hours in the day at this point for content creation. Like yeah. I need someone to follow me around and just I know. We all my outtakes. The... Yes. <laughs> I need that Gary V status. I yes. need a content team in my house. Correct. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Um but yes, content is everywhere. And I feel yeah. like my my hope and wish and I try to do it a lot on this show is like every new thing that comes in, you need some kind of internal processing system to put that somewhere so like everything's going to either help you get more impressions or more clicks uh or help you boost conversion rate or or uh help with structure or help with a so like you always want to put it in a framework of like what does this metric help with like where does it go and if you can develop that internal categorization system uh that has been super helpful for me to you know decipher quickly like what new things mean yeah and like how to integrate them um so yeah just putting in the reps like managing a lot of campaigns and like really trying to think about them like why is this doing this like pulling on the lever seeing what happens a great book that i really resonated with was malcolm gladwell's outliers Mm -hmm. um and you know there's a different different opinions on on the space but the core of it was like anyone who's an expert anything 
is not born an inherent genius. It all came down to their reps and maybe they had an unfair advantage as a child that allowed them to get more reps in than everyone else in the space. And I think that is truly what it comes down to. Like I think about the amount of podcasts I've been on, the amount of webinars I've been on and like how I was in the beginning. And then, you know, after 10,000 reps is kind of the uh, number that he states, we really start becoming good at something. But it's true. And I think it's the exact same with Amazon advertising. Like I think about when I manage for a singular brand, I would really get caught up in like click through rate. I would get caught up in these really tiny details because for that specific brand, it mattered. But then as I expanded out across like multiple categories, like I started realizing those fundamentals that, you know, this is really all that matters across the board and that everything else is kind of just a variable metric I can't control. But reps, reps seeing a lot anything. of, yeah, seeing a lot of different accounts, seeing okay. a lot of different, seeing, a, seeing the way that a lot of different accounts are different and get yeah. different results. And like, that is, that's pretty massive too. Yeah. Uh, like just seeing, okay, this is a clothing company that behaves this way when I do things. This is a supplement company that behaves another yeah. way. This is, you know, a $20, uh, you know, physical product. Um, this is a CPG. This is like all of these kinds of different situations, seeing how different products react, getting a sense of like the industry. Like I can tell yeah. you about how cell phone cases behave. It's like pretty scary. I can tell you how like pro <laughs> protein powders behave. It's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could, it's so it's getting a good sense of all that. I, I can tell you the difference between like, I don't know, a hair blow dryer that sells for $20 or $10 or 50 or 70. Like it's wild. The frameworks that you can build. Um, so yeah, it's all about frameworks, like putting things into a framework so that you understand. So like, you can just guess, you can, you, you get really good at having a sixth sense of like, assuming what's going to be the biggest issue in an account, assuming what's going to be, uh, the easiest win in an account. Um, it's pretty, yeah, that, that's where like the magic starts to happen. Like yeah. having a framework to process new information. Yeah. That's huge. This is great. It is great. I like the I like the style of conversation a lot, as you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Authentic, real. Authentic and real. The Good little topic. birds in your background really add. To you can hear some birds. Right it's really nice. It makes me feel I, like it's spring. You know, it's uh, September thirtieth in Austin. It'll be. It about is here as well. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be about ninety something degrees today. Uh, still hot. Still got the birds chirping. It's beautiful. I'm looking at a beautiful oak tree. Um, but yes, Destiny. So we've covered the Invalid Click Report. Pretty cool. Yep. Nice maturity of the system that they're actually yep. reporting this. They've been doing it for a while. It's cool that it's actually reporting it now. Uh, talking a little about our learning styles. I, for you right now, uh, I have one more question. How has your learning style changed over time from when you first started to now? Um, has it a question, a question I get pretty frequently on my podcast is like, who do you learn from when it comes to Amazon advertising? Mm -hmm. And I'm always yeah. like, I, I don't myself still yeah. like, um, I've been pretty adamant that I don't want to be fully out of accounts at any point in time. I mm. am of the opinion e-commerce changes way, way too quick. This definitely holds me back in terms of my ability to be a better entrepreneur because I'm still, you know, in the business, on the business. But 
something can be said for hopping into advertising console at least once or twice a week and just mm-hmm. looking at all the new things, looking at the different ways to visualize data. I learn a lot more from conversations like this where we can go back and forth. We can talk about things like the search query report. Here's how we've used this data. Here's how we've used this data. And I've really tried to expand past Amazon ads. Like um, I just managed so much in spend. I feel like I, I know 90% of ads, 5% is yet to come. And then there's 5% of how you use Amazon ads to relate to the rest of your business, which is where I'm trying to invest more into learning. As a private label brand whose cash flow is tied up in inventory, how should we be adjusting our advertising? As you know, search changes and is more saturated. Um, crazy data that I presented on with PackView: sixty-seven percent of click share goes to the top three placements on the page, which are typically sponsored product ads. So, how do you take data like that and you manipulate your overall strategy? How does that relate to your organic presence? That's a lot of where my time's gone lately is just adjusting strategy to holistic business goals. Beautiful, yeah, yeah. being yeah, for sure. I having a yeah, spending a lot of time thinking about the framework of like, hey, this is how I use new information to change my strategy. That's the way to be. Yes, Destiny from Better Michael. AMS. Yes. Uh, It's always a pleasure. I'm excited to hang in New York and doesn't even better MS. Check her out. She just launched a a podcast of her own. And you know, another thing that helps, abundance mindset. Helping people out, pumping your friends up makes you better at PPC because then I can ask you questions. Hey, what are you doing with this report? What about that? Have you ever experienced this? It's great. Could not agree more. For sure. Destiny, have a good one. Hope to see you back here. Uh, Everyone else, I'll see you next week here on the PPC Den Podcast. Thank you.